What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. And this is Danny. And together we're exploring the book of Ephesians. We are in it. We are in it, Danny. We are back. Yes, right. We are back. We came back. We retooled. We came back and we're exploring another book, another great book. Yes, yes. This is a good letter from Paul. I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. Um, we have a lot more than just this resource, right? Yeah, we have, um, you know, like when I say we read too, we looked at the book of Ephesians and we thought about how can we dive into this book in every angle. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know we're going to be preaching on it. Yeah. Podcast is another element, but we yes. did a thing. Then we did, we did. We uh, created our own video Bible study, right? We went up downtown Columbus and we videoed there and we're excited about this new tool for sure. Yeah, it's definitely a new endeavor for us, a new challenge, but but that's what we're committed to. We're committed to doing all that we can within all limits to bring God's word, to unpack God's word, mm-hmm. so that God's people, myself and you included, yes, yes. can learn and continue to grow. And I understand. mean, we spent what the last three months <laughs> studying this book. Uh, you know, every single word. Uh, you know, just going through going through seminary classes sound <laughs> like it again, and just to be able to. Um, challenge you in your growth, challenge you in your Bible knowledge, and uh, really be in the avenue to help you grow in your faith and your knowledge of Jesus. I do believe that by the end of this, all, if someone takes all these resources yep. and, and take advantage of it all, I think by the end of it, they'll have a good idea of what Ephesians is all about. Wouldn't you say that? Oh, yeah. And to be able to, to defend it, to be able to know what it's saying, not not to have anyone else put their beliefs on it, but... For them to read it themselves and go through it, the material, and, and study it with us, right? We're mm-hmm. doing this together. Yes. They'll come out on the other end having a much more clear understanding. In fact, uh, it's a much more deeper understanding of the gospel is what the book of Ephesians is, is about. Have you ever uh, read a, you know, I'm sure you have gone through this. I go through this often. You read the Bible and you're like, what the heck just happened here? <laughs> I have no idea what this these pages are talking about. Hopefully once... Uh, you know, we're done with uh, with the book of Ephesians in the next few weeks. Uh, you'd be able to be like, oh, I read it and I understand what's going on now. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's the hope, right? That's for any Christian who's reading God's word. Mm-hmm. It's to be able to understand it. And, what, and our job is to help remove barriers yes. that, that maybe comes and impedes that. And so that way we can help people understand God's word. Not that we know it all but we're learning and growing like i said too yeah and we learned from the book of mark what worked with the book of mark right and we we did the book of mark as we were doing that and now everybody's like man that was so good so we're kind of retool coming back to ephesians mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll bring a little bit more knowledge to it as well a little bit more nerdy stuff like mm-hmm. you like to say yeah yeah <laughs> and, and there is one aspect that is new for this for you who are listening to us is that you will be able to ask us questions Yep. Right. We didn't give you the opportunity to do that in the book of Mark, but here we want to give you this opportunity. If you go to the church website, there will be a page just for the to the letter of the Ephesians with all the resources that we just talked about to you, and in there there'll be a place where you'll be able to click and ask questions. There'll be anonymous questions. We're gonna take you to anonymous form, and you'll be able to write there questions. And in the last podcast of this series, we will answer as many of those questions as possible. Or maybe we'll get to to listen back to, okay, we talked about on podcast too, at this minute we talked about these. So we don't have to answer that. But So we will give you the opportunity to ask questions and then have some clarity in the end of it all. So that's a different, that's one of, to have you connected 
but also at the same time uh, answer some of the questions that might rise into your mind. Yeah, because there could be questions that we're not thinking about, That's right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if we're not thinking about it and someone else's, ask it. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about it. That way you learn, I learn, and everyone learns all together. That's right. So there we have it. Chapter 1 of Ephesians. Chapter 1 of Ephesians. Let me just give a just a high-level sky bird's eye view of just the overall breakdown of the outline of what the outline could be so the outline of 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 the book of ephesians falls into three categories in a sense chapter 1 verses 1 through 23 which is the full chapter talks about the blessings of the church and that's what we're going to unpack here today the second uh section talks about the universality of the church which is chapter 2 through chapter 3 verse 21 and then the third section talks about the obligations of the church. Mm. And the obligations fall into three subcategories. Unity, which we can we will find in chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. Righteousness, which we find in chapter 4, uh, verse 17 through chapter 6, verse 9. And then finally, faithfulness, that rounds out the chapter, chapter 6, verses 10 through 24. Okay. So those are those are some some high level outlineish things that were that the book of Ephesians about um, doing some nerdy things. About yes, it? that's what we want. Ephesians some has things. two thousand four hundred twenty nine words, with five hundred thirty distinct words never used before of these terms. Only eighty four do not appear in the Pauline writings. Forty one do not appear anywhere else on the New Testament. Uh, so gives you a little bit there. Some nerdy stuff. That's your Urkel moment? There you got it. If you compare to Galatians, Galatians has 2,200 words with 526 uh, words that does not appear anywhere else in other Paul's words. So uh, this is a very unique, very unique book for Paul. He, he, he really, really put some thought into it uh, as he was yeah. writing in it. And the thing to remember about Ephesians is that the letter focuses... On the importance of the church in God's plan. Paul gives us four main things about the church. He talks about that creation. Mm. That the creation and the blessing of the church was the objective that God had from the beginning of time. He said that the true living can only be experienced as a member of the body of Christ. And that everyone could be part of that body. Could be part of the church. The big C, right? Yes. So it's not for selected few. It's not for selected few. Okay, we, I think we'll unpack more we'll of that, that yeah. as we go along. And that the church is the light. It is the light in society as mm. far as setting the standard for what is right, oh. how to treat one another, mm. and not only that, the revelation of Jesus Christ and his word. And then finally, that the end, that in the end, the church will arise as victorious over every physical and spiritual entity, including death. You know, you, you brought to mind a sermon that I preached not too long ago where I said the church is the solution for the world, right? Yeah. And you just highlighted there yeah. how, how important it was for Paul that the church recognized its importance in the kingdom of God, in the plan of God, of salvation. Uh, we are important. Yeah, I've also heard that Ephesians, the letter has been called the Queen of the Epistles. The Queen of the, the Queen of the Epistles, what right? What the world is that? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> That's just what I've heard about. It. It's been called the Queen of the Epistles. <laughs> I, I think it has to deal with primarily um, the spirit, this church as a spiritual being, spiritual entity rather than a physical entity. Um, but let's dive into the book. Um, yeah. Before we dive into the book, Ephesus. You had some cool things you were telling me about the word Ephesus or Ephesians. 
Well, I mean, so the Ephesians is this amazing book. It's a wonderful letter. A few pages covered the uh, extraordinary range of theological topics with some clarity, with some procedures. The content are simply enough and so fundamental to the life of a believer, to what we ought to believe and hold on to, that it has created some big debates in it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, this letter summarizes what it means to be a Christian better than any other book in the Bible. It clarifies the heart of the Christian faith, explores the dynamics of a personal relationship with Christ, sets forth God's overall plan for the church, and, and, and some of the things that you're just going to talk about it there, but it really talks about the unification of the Jews and the Gentiles yeah. under the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. So that is important. Uh, so there was no big issues that Paul was trying necessarily to address, as in, in Corinthians he was trying to address a specific mm -hmm. issue in the church, in both letters to the Corinthians, Galatians is the same thing. So most of those letters that he's addressing a specific issue, Ephesians is more of a broader, is a more yep. of a broader letter. He's not talking about specific issues that he's trying to do with it, uh, and 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 partially has to do with the fact that one of the things that is so surprising that we just gonna break it <laughs> out here, break the open, break the egg up, and let the the whatever comes out, is that on the first verse there it says to the saints who are in Ephesus, that word Ephesus is not there. Right. In the Greek, it says, to the saints who are faithful in Christ Jesus. So, throughout the history of the church, the Ephesian destination was the destination of this letter. There has been, uh, it was unquestioned that until, uh, you know, in the beginning of the 1800s, they found five manuscripts, five Greek manuscripts that came to light, missing the name of Ephesus. On mm -hmm. verse 1, although these five manuscripts may seem hardly enough to overturn their testimony of 5,000 years of Greek manuscripts, every ancient foreign language uh, version of the Bible contained that. Uh, it is also important to know that, uh, that those five was very early, and so that means uh, that was more of a letter that was written to the region uh, where Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, was the main city, Right. rather than just a letter that was written to a specific church in Asia Minor. So you're saying it, it was like, it was to that region, it was passed around in a sense, right? Yes. It wasn't just like the people of, like the Ephesians people itself. Yeah, it was a circular letter intended for multiple cities that, uh, that may or may not include uh, only Ephesus, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it, is, it, was a, it was a letter that Paul wrote to address Christians at the whole region. You and I today is an example of that. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. Um, so, uh, so that's an that's a interesting thing there. Uh, but also, I think we need to talk about Paul. A yeah, bit. I mean... I mean, you Paul, know, we talk about the destination with Ephesus and the region of Asia Minor. Yeah. Uh, independent if it was for the... For that specific city or not, it is important uh, uh, that uh, we talked about also the author of the letter. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're right. I think it's very interesting Paul's ministry, right? Because we know we I, I would I would cater to say that a lot of us know a lot of a lot of a lot of things about Paul. We don't really like know like chronologically his story and how he came. We know he's a writer of this letter because he he announces it. You know, this is me, mm -hmm. Paul, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about let's let's get real nerdy and let's talk about you know Paul himself. Sure. From from birth to thirty one A D. So from okay. birth to thirty one A D. It's, this is Paul's early life in Tarsus. 
Yeah. In Jerusalem. So, yeah. so some things in there we know, like he grew up, he learned a lot about, you know, the, the, the Jewish faith. He was a smart kid. He, he wasn't just, you know, like uh, in college, he was in San Rosa. He was the number one. Like, <laughs> he, right? he, he was a go-getter, right? He was a, yeah. He, you know, he was the smart kid in class. And he grew up to to be very reliable on the Old Testament, on the, on, on the scriptures, for sure. Yeah. And we have very little information about Paul uh, in the early years. We know that he was probably a widower. Mm-hmm. Um, some verses kind of help us, like you know, he encouraged the unmarried widows and widowers at Corinth to remain as he was, mm-hmm. which we can draw into that. Like, well, you know, speaking from that perspective, mm-hmm. uh, we also know very little about his look, about his looks, but we know that uh, second, first, and, first and second Corinthians will suggest that his physical appearance was not as impressive. Sure, um, but then we also know this this uh, this big thing about him was that he he was a he um, persecuted the, the early Christians. Yes. Um, which brings me to the next section of his of his life, 3280 to 3480. And we're working our way up to when this letter is written. Sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, his conversion and early ministry. What can you tell me about his conversion? Well, I mean, as you're in that moment there, I mean, Stephen was a great was a great testimony of, of yeah. someone who loved Jesus and who was a murderer by was martyr, a martyr, yeah. uh, right? He died because of his faith, and and at the end of chapter seven of Acts, the yep. book of Acts tells you all about Paul's uh, life, yeah. and in the end of chapter seven, you see uh, Stephen being stoned to death, right? Yep. And Acts he, seven fifty four through sixty is where you can find that, yeah, uh, primarily. And he falling on his knees, he cried out, Lord. Uh, do not hold this sin against them. And and he fell asleep, meaning that he died. And Paul was right there. And Paul approved of this persecution. And right after that, he he raged war against the church, right? Yeah. And and he dragged people from their homes. He dragged off men and women and committed them to prison. The word dragged there in the Greek uh, means to... Uh, is, a, is a drag with the result of violence. He... Mm. He did right. that with, with, with a violence. It was a yeah. result. This dragon is a result of violence. The word revenging on, on verse 3 of chapter 8 means to destroy, to bring disgrace, to insult, to threat with dignity and try yeah. to waste. So Paul hated Christians and yeah. he would do whatever it takes. See, then after that, he goes on, gets some paperwork to be able to persecute the church. And that's why he does. Yeah. Right. So he was not a fan yeah, not a fan for not sure. Not a fan for sure. Yeah, so that's what we start to read yeah. about him. And then on, verse, on chapter 9 of Acts, we, I think you get to what you're talking about, the yeah. conversion, where yeah. he's yeah. knocking door, not, well, making things up a little bit, take some liberty here, but he's <laughs> knocking from door to door. He's not knocking. He's yeah. just kicking yeah. doors yeah. and pulling yep. people out of the house and, and uh, dragging them. And he got his vision when he, he's... He, on, on the road to Damascus, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he met with the one who gave him the true sight. Yeah, he hears his voice, you know, and then he's like, who are you? You know, and then he's like, what? What's going on? He's like, who are you, Lord? And yeah. Jesus is like, I am Jesus whom you persecuted. Uh, but rise, enter the city, and you'll be told what to do. I love that part. <laughs> Until now, Paul is telling people what to do. He's in complete control of his life, and out of a sudden, he goes blind, hears a voice, and the voice tells him, eh, from now on, 
<laughs> I dictate the pace. You're no longer doing that. Which which it mean, really means to be a follower of Jesus. Well, he was obedient. He That's was right. obedient. He was told what to do. I, I'm sure he had questions like, what, what, why, why can't I see? What, what, what's going on? That's right. Like, wh- where is everybody at? But he was. We don't read much reading it, but he was obedient. That's what I want to draw from that. He was obedient. He went where he was told mm-hmm. to wait. What would happen next? Right. Yeah. And and we all know he went. He he was met. He met with Ananias after. Um, Ananias is freaking out. Yeah. I mean, I love that part where, you know, <laughs> Jesus showed up to Ananias and it's like, you know, you're supposed to go see Paul. Excuse me? Haven't you heard what this guy's doing? Yeah. He's killing all of us. Jesus, we can't. I'm not going to show up over there. Um, you know, and so, but he does. He's, he's obedient. I, I'm obedient, uh, yeah. You know, he, I thought this is funny. You... You know, the the life of a disciple is all about uh, being being submissive to the Word of God. Yeah. Right? Paul was doing his own thing. Now he's like, I'm telling you how you're going to live from now on. Here's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Go to this city and hang in there. Ananias, a follower of Jesus, said, God, Jesus showed up and said, Here I am, Lord. Just like, go talk to, to Paul oh. Tarsus. <laughs> Why am I not doing that? Excuse me, you are doing that. And he goes and he does that. And the fruit of two individuals obeying Jesus' words is what? 13 letters. Complete life <laughs> transformation. You're right, 13 letters. And it's perfect. It, it is just perfect. It should be a lesson to us. Yeah. That I mean, when we listen to God's word, when two or more individuals are listening to God's word, the movement of God in their lives and around them is transformation. It's great. So I'm going to try to fast forward us up here a little bit so we don't spend an hour talking about Paul, which would be great. But um, So that's that's his early conversion. Uh, in 35 AD, he tries to associate with the apostles. In 36 AD to 42 AD, he returns to Tarsus. Mm-hmm. In 42 AD to 44 AD, he teaches at Antioch. Mm-hmm. In 44 AD, he helps with the collection for Jerusalem. About this time, Jerusalem with the surrounding area suffered famine conditions. There's suffering, yeah, yeah. So a collection was taken up to help out, and Barnabas and Saul were put in charge of bringing it to Jerusalem for distribution in Acts chapter 11. Yes. And uh, 45 AD to 57 AD, it's a big jump, is his missionary journeys. Yes. Right? Most most of the last half of the book of <coughs> Acts describes Paul's three missionary journeys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then... 58 AD to 60 AD, he's in prison at Caesarea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one of his ongoing problems, right, with the attack of the Jewish le- religious leaders. And then in 60 AD to 61 AD is his trip to Rome. In 61 AD to 63 AD is his Roman house arrest. Mm-hmm. In 63 AD, his release from prison. In 64 AD to 66 AD, he revisit churches. Uh, and then in 67 AD, Paul is martyred in Rome yes. before Nero. Yeah, yeah. So that's a that's a quick that's a quick run through of his life. Yeah, uh, and so on that journey that you just said, chapter nineteen of Acts is very important for us in the context yep. where we find ourselves throughout this podcast because it talks about his third missionary journey and mm-hmm. his stay in in Ephesus. There, you see on chapter nineteen of Ephesus that he uh acts you mean oh in acts yeah in, in the book of acts yeah yep. you say you see you see there on chapter 19 that he he's speaking openly yep. uh, about uh, christ he the way you know he calls it the way he's uh, baptizing some people and then later on you see this the sons of uh this um uh, high priest uh, uh trying to mimic 
Paul and they got a spanking from from <laughs> some demons. That's a funny story. You know, they see what Paul is doing. Uh, they, you know, God is doing some extraordinary miracles in the through the hands of Paul. These kids are trying to mimic Paul, and then uh, uh, they're trying to do rebuke some demons. And then the demons goes and say. Jesus I know, Paul I recognize, but who are you guys? <laughs> and then spank the heck out of them. They leave the place naked and all wounded. Can you imagine? And, uh, and the name after that, the name of Jesus was exalted, uh, means they increase. And then they destroyed all the magic. One of the things about Ephesus, there was a couple of things going on spiritually in Ephesus. One mm -hmm. is the magics. There was a lot of magicians. Magic was... Uh, uh, seeing the future through magic was uh, important things yeah. for them, and then the, the the temple of Artemis was there, the gods of of sex and and fertility and so on and so forth. Paul is the, all the books of the magicians, the the magic books were all burned up. Was uh, some the sum of it was thousands um, uh, of of their money uh, was burned because no longer made sense for them because of what they testify in Paul, and then there was a riot. Um, mm -hmm. later on that Paul had to run away from it. Basically, the right is Paul was putting a dent on the on the business of of the people because of the temple work. People were converting to Christianity and not expending the time or the money at the temples. It became a big problem. So Hurting that bottom line, man. He is. Uh, anytime, you know, anytime you mess with people's pocket, they get mad at you. So, yeah. not different uh, for Paul back in the day. And uh, so, he had to leave and then he left. And so, yeah, I think we got it there. A little that's bit. a great, that's a great uh, background over Joe. We wanted to take a little bit of time in the first first podcast and really just give you that that background on Paul. Um, as you know, he's the author of thirteen chapters, thirteen letters in the New Testament. And just real briefly, because we talked about this too in our Bible study and also in our, in our sermon, the background, the city of Ephesus, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ephesus itself was a great city for that time. It was situated in modern-day Turkey. Yes. It served as a major port for Asia Minor. It said that there was a street 70-inch wide that ran from, from the port through the entire city. Yes. And the population at that time was approximately 300,000 people. And many streets were lined with marble and had public baths and theater were held between... 25 to 25,000 to 50,000 people. You touched on the goddess, uh, the temple of the goddess Diana, mm -hmm. uh, as one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Yes, yes. Um, where Diana was a fertility goddess and drew pilgrims from all over. She also known as Artemis. Artemis, yes. Artemis. Artemis mm -hmm. um, That's a Greek name and a Greek name, Hebrew yes. name. Yep. Yeah. So, anything else about the city before we dive into the text itself? No, I think we got it there. I think we got some okay. a, a good glimpse on the city, the a little bit of the letter, a little bit of Paul. Um, I think we should just dive into the yeah. to the to the letter, and we're gonna do this like we did in Mark, right? We're just gonna go pericope per by pericope. Yeah, that's our style. Um, so we're gonna go from verse three to fourteen, and then verse fifteen to the end of the first chapter, yep. uh, to twenty-three. So uh, let's tackle. Uh, anything on verses 1 through 3 that we haven't talked about? Because uh, we talked about Paul. Uh, talk about Ephesus. I mean, yeah. there is this uh, idea of apostle. I mean, apostle, uh, talk, the word apostle means responsibility, genuine authority and vital responsibility. Uh, that's what, uh, for me, it means someone who has been given the authority 
yeah. to speak of uh, the gospel. Yeah. I think, I think um, you know, not everybody has authority to speak about any, everything. The apostle did do that. Uh, today, under the, the Spirit of God, we have been empowered by God, and we, uh, in a sense, have that same authority because of what Jesus did to us. Uh, all authority is given to us yep. uh, by Jesus. So, um, uh, apostleship is a, a tricky thing to talk about here, in a <laughs> sense, but apostleship, I think, is a call for of all believers. We all have this sense of the means to be, um, to have the authority to speak of the kingdom. And... A lot of people mix up apostleship a lot more other things. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> so this this section over here, chapter three, as verse three through fourteen, really talks about God's purpose, right? Mm -hmm. Talking about uh, as a blessing to the church. Yes. So talk to me about what is what does that mean? What as a section as Paul is is unpacking for us here. So uh, so let me let me you know we have debated on how to to do this, <laughs> and I, so I think. One of the biggest goals that I have had in ministry, and, I, and you have partake on that too, is to try to redefine words yep. uh, to God's people. You know, and if you talk about these verses five, three to uh, fourteen, man, there are some major words. Some buzzwords they call them. They call them buzzwords. That, you're right, buzzwords that are here that I think that needs to be redefined or not redefined. We need to know what Paul's trying to talk yeah. about. Not come up with our own ideas well, what those are. The society words are. and people before her has put meaning to these words, right? Yes. That's what you're getting at. Let us unpack the root meaning of these words. What does it mean? What did Paul mean at the time? And how we can apply it today. And not that it's been shifted and changed around for different perspectives throughout time. Because yeah. this letter is written, as we said, around what time frame? Between 60 and 65 AD? That's right. what we're saying uh, we would find. Yeah, and, and, and wasn't we who, who wrote that letter? It was Paul who wrote this letter. So we got to get into the mind of Paul. What was Paul trying to convey? What is Paul trying to, to tell here? Uh, one, of the, one of the teachers that um, uh, I, I was learning under uh, shared this idea that, you know, uh, words... Uh, has meaning but who gives meaning is the person who yeah. are speaking and the person who are listening to right so if you but if you do not know the meaning of the person that is speaking then it becomes a problem so we need to make sure that we get into the mind of paul so it's not only about the buzzwords it's it is about the, the focus of it and throughout these uh, these verses he repeat the word bless several times he repeats the word in him several times, right? He, he is trying to use those two words to kind of pass on the message to us. That we have been blessed by God, but that blessing contains itself in the person of Jesus. And I think once you start to understand that aspect of Paul's mind and what he's trying to convey, I think we'll put uh, the letter, especially this first few verses and the meaning of those verses in context of Paul's mind. And he says, Bless be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ Jesus with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I mean, it's very clear here that the word bless has very, significant meaning. very significant meaning for Paul. Yeah. right? And he goes on to tell you where you get that blessing. He blessed us in 
Christ Jesus. He doesn't limit it either. No. He limits it to some. He says every blessing, right? I'm yeah. reading that every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him. There's that word again, in mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. That's important, right? If we keep seeing that repetition of words, that means we got to say, why, why is Paul keep writing this? Because now we have to see the, the objective of what the passage is for, right? And not put ourselves in it. Yeah, the word in him is so important. Yes. I, I hope that you're highlighting that word in your Bible right now. Highlight blessed, highlight in, in him. him. Because in him denotes our position. Yep. It tells us of our position. Our position is in Christ. You know, so the con- the concept here that Paul is trying to portray to us is that whatever comes next is only possible in your life as long as you are in, in Christ. Christ. Uh, so Paul is not trying. Paul in this letter is not trying to address. Has not addressed how to how to get in Christ. He's not trying to address yeah. that at all. He's not trying to say, oh, for you to be in Christ, this is what you need to do. Or how This is what has done to you. That's not what he's trying to do. He's just saying, if, you, if God wants to bless you, and that bless comes to you, to those who are in Christ. Yeah. And he goes on and talks about what those blessings are. And so that's where the, the buzzwords starts to come yeah. in. <laughs> right? Uh, so you get words like, on verse 4, uh, chose. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, and we should be that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love. He predestined us Not a buzzword. for adoption to Him as sons through Jesus Christ. So it's not only in Him; it's through because it's the, it's the same concept yep. through Jesus, according to the purpose of His will, that the praise of His glorious grace, with which He has blessed us. In the beloved, even the, the, here you go. You want to be blessed in the beloved in Christ. In another one in, in verse seven, in Him we have the redemption through His blood, the forgiveness in the, of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which is set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite in Him things in heaven and things on earth. Verse 11, In mm. Him we have been, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined, again the buzzword, according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, so that we, who are the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of His glory. Verse 13, in him you also have believed when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him were sealed, that's another buzzword, with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. That's Pardon. a section of the passage there where you see people reading and be like, what the heck is this talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. So, I mean, we can, we can, we can try to unpack. So if you, if you read this, this and, and, and if you have heard pastors talk about this and preachers, uh, preachers talk about this verse or teachers, of the, they, they use the, the R words here that is important. Predestined, election, chosen, blast, and adoption. Right? Yep. This is Paul's vocabulary in this passage. And, and many have been debated about what yep. does these words mean. A lot mean? of divides about, a lot of divides on this topic right here of mm-hmm. election and predestination. Yeah. I yes. think that's the two 
two main and chosen th- chosen yeah. yeah two those those themes kind of come up and we have different all types of things on this but what is Paul is saying? That's what we want to get to the root here. That's right. So, you know, where did the Paul get this vocabulary? I think it's one of the things that church people sometimes forget to ask. Where does he get this vocabulary? If we just talk about his life before, yeah. he was a Jewish boy, grew yeah. up learning from he was a Jewish scripture, yeah. right? He was a smart kid. He wasn't a dumb kid. He was at the top of his class. People entrust him with a lot. Of of all the apostles and all the disciples who were with Jesus, and Paul spent time with Jesus too. He did. Galatians uh, talked about yeah, that. Galatians talked about that. He would be the most, the most, edu- most well educated one, mm-hmm. right? Because he has all that. He knows all. He had to study that growing up. So he knows those promises too. So, yeah. So, where did he got that? He got that, uh, the, this voc- vocabulary from the Old Testament. Old Testament. So that's where he got it from. He, he got it from the Old Testament, from Genesis to the prophets, right? Uh, the, the, Paul, the, the New Testament wasn't written, right? Uh, he, he heard uh, the message of the gospel of Jesus, and he saw Jesus through the Old Testament. And he saw the fulfillment of, of the Old Testament being, uh, being fi- found, finding itself in the life of Jesus. So there is this little story that we are told. In that I think it's pretty important that we put in a little bit of context here why these buzzwords have become so divisive in the church, yeah. right? We have, uh, out of these verses, we have this doctrine called, this teaching called the teaching of election, yep. right? Uh, that, goes, that goes more or less like this. This, the, uh, you know, it goes more or less like this. Election is God's choice of individuals to receive His favor before they have done anything good or bad. It is not a choice that is based on uh, certain deeds or choices that we have made, but it's based solely on, the, on God's sovereignty grace. Here in Ephesus, in Ephesians, Paul uses two different words to convey this idea of choosing, of election. He writes that God chose on verses 4, and predestined on verse 5 and 11, those who believe to follow Christ. So, God chose and predestined those who would believe in Jesus. Yeah. Right? So, thus Paul is stressing that believers should praise God because He predestined them to choose them to this, to be His children and receive all the benefits of such privilege of effort, of, of force, like the privilege that this, the, the, the blessings that we have talked about. Yeah. So the verb predestined can also be translated predetermined, foreordained, and of course only four times in the New Testament is Acts chapter 4, Romans chapter 8, uh, two times in, in Romans chapter 8, and one time in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it, the people who believe on, the, on this uh, doctrine of election um, says that God, the every the gods uh, emphasize only this predestination and this choosing is a work of God, right? Yeah. Which that's that's fine uh, for them, uh, but this is what it means. If God chose elected some, uh, and he didn't elect others. Uh, the, he didn't. I mean, there's a section that didn't get elected, right? That, it's it's like, hey, you're either part of this or you're not. Well, they go on to say that election is the divine choice of God to grant eternal life to undeserving sinners based solely solely on His love. 
Only it, God is arbitrary part of His plan of salvation and, and grounded on His wisdom. So out of His wisdom, out of His love, He chose elected some. He chooses who's who's going to be saved and who's going to be lost. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, uh, but this this teaching comes from this uh, this narrative that I think it is it is not a biblical narrative, yeah. and this is the narrative. There is God, yeah. and then there is us. There is me. There is we. And we have a problem. That problem is sin. Yep. That sin separates us from God. So our trajectory, our journey, and the end of our lives would lead us either to a bad place called hell or a good place called heaven. Mm-hmm. Right? And so right in the middle of that journey, there is an inter- intervention. Jesus' cross. Right? Yep. And so... That's the narrative we have all learned. Yep. There's God, there's us, there's a problem of sin. If depending on how you live on that journey, you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. And the intervention, what makes you go to either or, is how you believe in Jesus. Right? Yep. So, uh, so that's the, the trajectory. But here's the problem with this. Uh, this, th- this narrative not only teaches that, but teaches also that those who go to heaven, though, are those who are chosen by God to go to heaven. Yep. That, so what's that, that's what it cross? is. What's the point of the cross in that in that uh, illustration then? Well, the, the, <laughs> he needs to put Jesus there yeah. in the cross, right? right? But that, that's the illustration. Like, we understand this story, this narrative right. for sure. That, you know, there's God, there's me, there's sin. Sin separates me from God. Jesus died on the cross. To, uh, but, and then some go to heaven, some go to hell. Well, but that's not because of Jesus' act on the cross. But it's because God, of God has already. ordained before Jesus even died on the cross. He already knew who was going to go to heaven because He predestined. He ordained that. He already had chosen those people. And that's uh, not so sure that is really what the biblical narrative is about. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think so either. I think we're both in agreement of that. I think the biblical narrative on election is the idea that, that God chose or elects Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus is the one in whom he ordained before the beginning of time to be the elect. And those of us who are in him, we just read the passage, right? Where you read in him. If you're in him, then you're, then you, we get the blessing. Every spiritual blessing, which is back in, in the present reconciliation with God. Yeah, which is like God chooses one out of many so that through the one he can restore his blessings back to many. And and I think this idea of choosing and prede- I, I, it is in a sense biblical but not in the sense that we just read. Right. Not right? So from the beginning think think with me here for a second all those who who are listening. Uh you know, uh, in the beginning God created humanity. Adam and Eve. I don't know if you know this, but the, the word for Adam is the word for humanity, and the word for Eve is the word for life. So, in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verses 21, we read that God blessed man, right? Mm-hmm. He blessed humanity. Can you see the, the narrative yeah. again? Ephesians, you're blessed in, with all spiritual. In Genesis chapter 1, yes. verse 28, God blesses humanity. And then, and then God blesses humanity and tells them to fill the earth. Yep. Fill the earth. Well, they do fill the earth all right. And humanity fill the earth with violence, curse, death, and destruction. You read that in Genesis chapter 6, 11. If you go to chapter 6, 11 of Genesis, you read, no other places you read about anything being filled 
Only there, in Genesis 1.28 says, and fill the earth. And then later on, chapter 6 says, and humans fill the earth with violence, <laughs> destruction, so on and so forth. And so, Noah happened. Yeah. All the, God was like, okay, we're we going to eliminate this from earth. And and then, but then they forfeited again. So they forfeited God's uh, blessings and forfeited God's command to say, fill the earth with what is good, what is commendable, yeah. what is godly. And then on verse 12, God blessed Abraham. Once again, on chapter 12 of Genesis, God blesses Abraham. But then now he expands that blessing. Like, I'm choosing you out of many, Abraham. Yeah. I'm choosing you so that through you, you will bless many. But you see that Abraham's family line, the Israelite, forfeits the idea of blessing people. They, I mean, you continue to read, 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 it, read it at all, over and over again. They continue to mess it out, to, to miss the opportunity to bless the earth. So, so then God was like, okay, you meant it. I chose Abraham, then I chose Israel, and they all forfeited this blessing. I chose you in order to bless the world. Since you guys can't get it done, <laughs> I'm going to choose one individual. His name is Jesus, the Messiah, the King. And He will bless all nations. He will fulfill that what you guys have all forfeited. Adam and Eve, I created you to bless the world, to fill the world with blessings. Guess what? <laughs> you didn't. Abe, I chose you to bless the world. Guess what? You and your families didn't. Your descendants didn't. So now I have, I will choose Jesus so that he will be the one blessing the world. God chooses one out of many so that through the one, he can restore his blessings back to many. And, and the decision to choose Christ as a savior and to save those of us who believe in him was made before the beginning of time. Yes. And it was not an afterthought. I don't, no. want, I don't want anyone listening to what we just said there and think of like, well, God's reacting to the, 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 the people forfeiting is that God was working through these individuals to bring forth yes. the messianic line, mm-hmm. who is Jesus Christ. Yes. And he and if, if you keep reading, there's a study called from um, Genesis to Revelation, The Eternal Struggle, where it shows how that, what you just explained, how Abraham was the guy chosen, things go forward, then his family starts doing, and then every generation you see that happening. But God's plan was still to, he's kept the messianic line intact to bring Jesus and so the Jesus was not an afterthought. Mm-hmm. He was the he was the plan. All of history fits into this plan. And Paul is describing some of the blessing here as what God has prepared to give the church if we are in Him. In Him, if we are yeah. in Jesus. The concept of election and predestination in Ephesians here refers to Israel as the avenue by which God chose to bless people in the world. But we have been taught that election predestination has to do with God programming someone to faith or putting in them the the predest uh, disposition uh, to faith, which leads to heaven. So yes, what he's saying is right. From the beginning, God's like it is through Israel, it is through Abe, it is through his family, and where Jesus came from. He's yeah. no Gentile. Jesus no. is part of that family. That but he's the one chosen before creation to be the distributor of the avenue, the final avenue of God's yes. blessing to all the nations. Yeah, God's been working through this plan, yes. throughout this whole journey with his people. For yeah. sure. So, and, and, and that's when in chapter, in verse 4, 
It says that those of us who are in Christ, we would then be holy and blameless, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Holy and blameless. Well, that means without impurity. Uh, if you think about that, there would be that we would have no imperfection, and because of that, there would be no condemnation mm -hmm. for us, and we don't have to be afraid of it because when we are in Christ, and those of us who are in Christ, verse five through six, he said that we become sons and daughters of God's. And we are the recipients of His grace. I've heard it said that we are the trophies of His grace. Sure. Yes. Yes. Uh, Can I do the nerdy thing here with you again? Yeah. So, so he says here in verse 5, He predestined us for adoption to Him as sons. Right? In the Greek, does not say sons and daughters. just says son. Yeah. Uh, sons. There, so, a, a lot of uh, people in the church are like, whoa, whoa, whoa what happened with women here? <laughs> so, I, I think I need to ex explain that. Uh, yep. That I think is important. In Paul's culture, only sons could claim the inheritance from their father. The, you, if you're not a son, you could not claim. So, when Paul writes to the church made up of men and women and called them all sons, adopted sons, he's actually super, uh, supervertly claiming that in God's kingdom, everyone who puts their faith, their trust in Jesus are included, uh, partake on that, on that status of sons. Yeah. Uh, no more gender specification here. We are all part of the family of God. Uh, we are all part of God's plan. We are all embedded in part, uh, brought in into the family of God. And he talks about the, 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 those those blessings there, right? He talks about what that is. Uh, and so we are blessed in us, in the beloved. In him we have the redemption through his blood, the forgiveness, forgiveness. of our transgression according to his riches, his, the love that he lavished on us, uh, making known to us the mystery. So Well, in uh, 9 and 10 it says that those of us in Christ, we have insights into God's overall plan. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's the mystery he's talking about there. Mm -hmm. if, you're not in, if you're not in God, if you're not part of God's will, if you're not in Him, things remain a mystery. That's right. But And I think that's why person. the world cannot understand at times what's <laughs> going on. Right? Yeah. You ever met someone you're like, well, that person just cut different. Like, yeah. that person just different. Why? Mm -hmm. It's because they have found the meaning of life, which is to be in Christ. That's right. And... Through that, you know, everything that we do and say is just, it just out overflows from that. Yeah. Okay, I think we have talked <laughs> enough about verses 3 to 14. I'm sure people have questions. Uh, those who are a little bit more savvy um, I have some questions about election and predestination and so on and so forth. Uh, one of the things that I usually tell people on, 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 on that conversation is pay attention on pronouns here. Mm -hmm. Paul uses us our, we, us, our, we, and then on verse 13, he changes to we, from we, to us, from we, to us, to you, mm -hmm. right? So, um, it's very, verse 12 is very important on the pronouns changes there, because it says, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to praise, might be to the praise of his glory. Who was the first one to believe in Christ? The Jews, the, right? Uh, they were Jewish Christians, like, the, you know, yeah. they were the first ones too. And then he says, in him, you also, when you heard, then yeah. he's, he's talking about someone else, yeah. which is the Gentiles. the Gentiles. He's like, we, we believe first because that's where Jesus came from. This is yeah. where we were Jewish. So he's fulfilling our scripture, but now you heard. Yeah. And then when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believe in him, uh, you were sealed uh, with the promise of the Holy Spirit 
who is a guarantee. And then he goes on to our inheritance until we acquire it all. Yeah. So he puts everybody together. So um, another, it's very important to pay attention to yeah. pronouns uh, to you, figure out who he's talking to and what he was mentioned to. Yeah, and there you have it. And one of the things you mentioned there, which we didn't say, but it probably is most people should notice that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, right? Mm -hmm. In a sense. So just want to mention that. So the last section is really a thanksgiving and prayer. Yes. That Paul, Paul kind of leads us into here. Um, yeah, Paul, I, I mean, don't, don't you, Paul's prayer, man, Paul has some amazing prayers. This is one of his prayer. Um, you know, he's, he heard about these people and he's, he's happy about it. He's thankful, remembering them and their prayers that God, our Lord, uh, Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge. Uh, in the vision. yeah, so let me, let me break it down real quick here. At least these uh, these last seven verses. So verse fifteen through seventeen, because we have they have been faithful as a young church despite mm -hmm. persecution. Mm -hmm. Paul prays that God will give them the ability to know Him more intimately, to know mm -hmm. God more intimately. Heaven will be the experience of having a relationship with God without the hindrance of sin and death. Mm -hmm. He wants them to begin experiencing this phenomena not at a future date, but now. Right. Yes. Now, yes. Right? I like that. Uh, yes. Verse 18 and 19 in this section of the path, he describes in more detail some of the things he wants them to know. He wants us to know about God, and that will prove to be a blessing to us. He wants us to know and to he wants us to know the hope before us in verse 18, the riches of our inheritance in 18 part B, the greatness of his power, verse 19, and all refer to the same thing: our resurrection, our glorification, and our exaltation to reign with God forever. He wants them to be able to see. He wants us to be able to see what wonderful things these things will be. And then the last few verses, Paul completes his prayer by describing how these blessings were acquired and how they are presently admi administered. It's that those in Christ will be resurrected and will, will be with God because that, that, that's where Jesus is. That's where Jesus is. He prays that, that we can appreciate more and more the rewards that we have been called to receive as disciples of Jesus, who guarantees them virtue over his sovereignty over all things. I think you got to summarize pretty good there. I, I, what else is there to add? You did a great job right there. I think uh, the only things, I, I mean, I, I have nothing to add. That was good. I, I think the only thing that I'll do is pick on words, right? I yeah. think the, the words that Paul uses here is a illumination kind of deal, yeah. right? You know that you'll be enlightened, revelation, wisdom, right? That means like that you'll be able to see what only eyes of faith can see. Mm -hmm. Then Paul is trying to look to them. It's like, listen, my prayer for you is that, you know, you get all that you need to be able to see only what the, the eyes of faith are able to yeah. see. Uh, and and that's what Paul I think Paul's prayer is for these people is that they would see beyond the physical they would see uh, beyond uh, just the material things so that they would see the spiritual things that only God can show and, and that's the thing about the spiritual things I want to kind of share as we kind of wrap up this chapter on is like uh, spiritual blessings are only available if one is united in Christ through mm. faith mm. right so that's that's important Spiritual blessings are far more valuable than material ones. We know that. Um, and then spiritual blessings are appreciated and enhanced, which is why I think Paul ends this section with prayer. It is enhanced through the activity of prayer. Prayer is how we bring heaven down. Prayer mm -hmm. is how we bring heaven, how we, how we um, engage with heaven, right? 
uh, in a sense. It, it's, it, it, Paul talks about every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. How do we, how do we get those? It's through prayer. Yes. Yeah. If people haven't understood the, the power of prayer, the importance of prayer, I hope the words you just said will remind them how important prayer are. Prayer is. You know, I think Paul models that. Uh, I think the idea of bringing heaven down is through prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, Jesus' prayer, uh, it was on earth as it is in heaven, is this whole idea that, you know, God hears, right? So yeah. that means <laughs> he's right here, right now, listening to oh, he, our he, prayers. He's, yeah. So um, prayer is the lifeline of the individual, of the Christian not something we do. It's like yeah. it is a vital part of who we are, uh, for sure. See, uh, see, Paul prayed for them, and he ex- he showed us this to begin experiencing joy associated with the blessings. Right, so many times, what's missing in our spiritual lives is prayer and the prayer to know God and to appreciate His gifts more. Mm. When we literally have everything or more than we can have, but we're not enjoying it. Oh, is because we don't choose, usually this is because we don't understand that spiritual things are tasted, contemplated, experienced in the dimension of prayer, dimension of worship, service, sacrifice, obedience. The first step to heaven usually begins by getting on our knees and praying. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> begins with our knees. Say that again. Uh, the first step to heaven usually begins with our knees by getting on our knees. That's and crazy. Praying. A lot of us have too many um, knees that the genes are not washed out. <laughs> There's know? a lot of us who are not paying attention on what, on how to get to God. You don't get to God by um, by means of work. You get to God by means of grace. And one of the means of grace is prayer. Prayer. Yeah. Well, I think, um, you know, I think that first chapter, the two sections, really the spiritual blessing and how we're to be thankful in prayer. Obviously, as we go through the next other chapters, we'll unpack more. We have a lot more to discuss. Any closing thoughts on this uh, on this chapter? Uh, if if there is one thought that we didn't talk much about it is, um, is that, uh, well, I guess we did. Is that in Christ, God reveals to us what for many are mystery or for yeah. many are a, a puzzling is a is a missing puzzle into the piece. So I think he did that for Paul, right? Mm-hmm. He did that for Paul on the road to Damascus. Paul was was blind, even though he had sight. A lot of us are walk around with sight, but we're spiritually blind. We, we, when we did the Mark series, he talked about uh, in that passage when Jesus healed out of the blind people, and he it was like a lot of us have. Physical sight, mm. but not spiritual. That's right. And uh, what you're talking about there, where God reveals to us the mystery of things, when we receive our spiritual sight, when we, not only that, but we lean into it. Yeah, and, and I think this is one of the things that uh, most people miss on, on the 21st century, is that the spiritual life and the physical life, they go hand in hand. You know, uh, like we are given spiritual sight in order to live physical life. Yep. Uh, so a lot of us misses the point that like on verse 10, which we talk in the Bible study, God is bringing all things under the leadership of Jesus to unite all things on heaven and on earth. That's yep. the whole purpose. That's a mystery that God is trying to reveal to us through this book is that, you know what? Uh, I'm bringing all things on heaven and on earth under the lordship of Jesus. And only those who have spiritual eyes 
can see all of that, yeah. what God is doing. So uh, it is important that the the and it, that, yeah, and it's important also for those of us who are in the faith to not recognize that that's gonna be that's not a thing to come. Mm, no, that that's a thing that we experience now, right here, today, right now, yeah. right here, right now, and that's why I, the overarching theme of of the panoramic series that we're doing mm -hmm. is to help help kind of bring that to people's mind to recognize that I'm not living for for heaven when I when I die. I live now. Well, that's the importance of being in Him, right? In we him, are yeah. united in Him and united. So there is no more division in the church. There is no more colors. There is no more gender. There is no more nationality. There is no... In Jesus, we are one. There, there, there is no more... There is no political division. There is, not, there is just one. We have been chosen. In Jesus, we have been chosen, right? We are His treasure possession. We are His faithful ones. We are His body. That is like... There's this unification under the Lordship of Jesus. It's a very important thing for us to understand. And then he gives us purpose, which is chapter 2 through. We'll talk more about that. But, yep. um, yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. In him is very important. Before the creation of the world, God chose us in Christ. Mm -hmm. If you're in Christ, you're chosen. In Christ, you receive the blessings. And that blessing is that you are chosen, that you are predestined that you are adoption that you are holy that you're blameless that you're redeemed that you're forgiven that you're transpassed paul's not trying to tell you how to get in christ he's trying to to tell you this is what you get yeah when you are in christ yeah because paul really focuses if we think about how the writings are right the gospels mm -hmm. the gospel gives us what it means, why Jesus came, why it's good news, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Paul is really giving us a deeper understanding of that here, a much yeah. deeper understanding. So he's not really telling you how to get in like your point. He's just saying, now that you're in him, <laughs> here are some of the things you can experience in your life, and here are some of the things that, that you can look forward to, right? Yeah, he, uh, he, he does tell you in Romans how to get in Christ, yeah. right? He says, if you believe with your heart, then... Uh, that Christ uh, rose from the grave, you will be saved, like right. So yeah. he, he does tell you how to get in it, uh, but this is not that. This is not the not, time. Not the this purpose. Is not the purpose letter. of this letter. He's, yeah. This is not what he's trying to address here. Uh, you know. Um, yeah. And so yeah. To me, my my my, my closing thing on this was that I really like when you know in this section here that this this chapter this book itself that the church is the light for society. Yes. Right, and and we are to we are to set the standards. We're not to conform. Paul even talks about that in Romans twelve. Right, do not con do not be conformed to this world. Mm -hmm. Right, that we're to set the standard for what's right, how to treat one another, how how to live a life, and be and by doing that, we not only we not only live for live for Christ, but we reveal Christ to those as well who is looking and say, hey, you know what, there's something different about this group of people. Yeah, yeah. And how they live, how they carry themselves. And, and and that's really what I what I like about this this book in in Ephesians, what Paul is is unpacking for us here. Um, Paul talks gives us a lot of things, right? He gives us doctrine, he gives us our duty, he gives us our conduct, mm -hmm. how we're to care, how we're to care, carry ourselves. So a lot of things to come as we continue to unpack this book. But that's that's all I had. Uh, that's good. I think yeah. that I think we exhausted that a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure we could, if you could pick on things, we could pick on everything that we read here. But I think we gave a overall glimpse of this first chapter, which is very important um, for those who have hope in Christ, for those who understand their position in Christ, who those who take advantage of the power of God in us mm -hmm. um, through the Holy Spirit. 
I think it is important for us to understand that our position dictates our our present and our future. Um, and for those who are in Christ, there's a lot of great blessings. Yeah, well, there you have it. That's our first chapter of Ephesians. Join us next week for chapter two. Thank you, everyone. And as we say here, be blessed. Be blessed.